Welcome to the Cowfish Show, an exploration in human evolution, raising consciousness, creating happiness, fulfillment, and love one soul at a time. I'm E.L. Brooks, a newly awakened soul on a mission to help people find their happiness and truth. And I'm Lindsay Kimura, a happiness explorer empowering humans in wisdom and understanding. The universe united us to share our passions. Welcome, Welcome to, to our, our show. show. Hey, 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 guys. I'm Eric. And I'm Lindsay. Welcome back. Hey, um, yeah, I'm a little um, flustered because I've been in traffic, just L.A. traffic. Um, oh. And uh, the crazy thing about this stuff is like I'm, one, I'm noticing like as you're driving, it's so much traffic, but there's so many gaps in between the cars because everyone's like on their cell phone or, or texting. And it's just, it's, it's really kind of ridiculous. So um, bear with me as I'm getting my bearings and stuff like that. Um, but uh, how are you doing? Good, good. I um, My entire apartment complex is under construction, so I've just been practicing staying calm and balanced. Yeah. You know, on all four walls, there's something going on, power washing, installing oh, wow. washer dryers, repainting, yeah. babies. It's like a lot of noise, <laughs> but that's when you actually have to practice, right? You yeah. can't be in your bubble. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so we are doing part two um from uh, uh this is season one episode seven part two of the hidden secrets of love and relationships why we have it all wrong um quick shout out obviously we have to give a shout out to our sponsors magnum watch uh as usual all listeners will receive 25 percent discount from using um the coupon code cowfish25 um so real cap uh, real quick recapping what we went into we left off with um uh, let's see here. Uh, we revealed that relationships are our secret, uh, our spiritual assignments. Um, they're karmic assignments that mirror back exactly what we need to heal in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we revealed the fear love script that I think that everybody has that kind of undermines. Um, we also revealed that first level awareness is tied to material and physical realm. So um, all of our relationships are pretty much uh, what you call surface relationships in the beginning. There's no real depth to them. We also revealed that you can only love someone as much as they will allow you to, as well as you will only receive the level of love that you feel that you deserve. So then we'll kick it off for part two. And Yeah, and, and I think into... we, we left off uh, with some of the love language, yes, which I know, that Eric, is true too, yeah. yes, you are more of an expert on that aspect than I am. So I'd love for you to talk more about the love languages. And we also said that we will give you guys some ways to effectively communicate and how you can use your relationships as mirrors to learn more. And everything is in preparation because each relationship you have after the previous one becomes even more fulfilling or even more of a lesson or something that makes you whole again because you are you've learned something and it's like you've graduated or or uh, received the uh allowance to go to the next level yes, so it is yeah, so, yeah. as we learn then we're rewarded by the next thing yeah so yeah so want to start with love languages yeah we left off with love language uh love languages five love languages and that's how we interpret and perceive love um mine happens to be physical touch and quality time. So if I'm with someone uh, that's not making me, not necessarily a priority, but 
not giving me quality time and it's like physically touching, which is kind of weird for me because that's how I know if I really like someone because mm-hmm. you're touching me and I don't really mm-hmm. feel you. I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. but if I'm into you, then I, that's what I really crave and that's what I want. Um, the ones I, I think I talked about that I'm not necessarily that don't come easy for me is mm-hmm. acts of service. And then my worst one is gifts. So there's, there's five, there's physical touch, quality time, mm-hmm. acts of service, um, uh, gifts and words of affirmation. Okay. So I'm good with words of affirmation. I'm, you know, tell women, you know, how special that they are, mm-hmm. physical touch, quality time. My worst ones are acts of service and I suck at gifts. I grew up in, 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 what we talked about was um, all of the way that we love was based upon our early childhood, Mm -hmm. um, the the models that we saw. And so in my family, my family was very, like my dad was very military, very strict. um, And my mom was like very loving. And, um, but we were, we were, my dad was very conscious. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where I get it from. And my dad turned me, early on like there's no santa claus there's no whatever <laughs> like we did the whole christmas thing but then when i got to a certain age we got very practical so it was like you know we'll buy you anything that you want but yes. as long as you want it we're not going to buy you things that you think you need mm-hmm. so i you know i had i had a lot of stuff but mm-hmm. i all my stuff was like quality right yes. so i was not into this whole gift giving just to give a gift especially like for yes. christmas or for valentine's and all this other stuff so when i bought you something if you were my girl if I bought you something, I bought you something that was special to you. Mm-hmm. But if you interpreted my love as little, tr- I've dated women that are like bring me little trinkets and stuff. I'm like, I don't use that cologne. I don't do this. Oh, I remember you told me I a appreci- story. I appreciated it, but it's like, it's not special to me. Mm-hmm. And then I can't reciprocate it because I'm just not going to buy you something. I'm not wired that way just to buy you something. Hey, I was, you know, in the store and I was thinking of you and I just bought you this. Right. It has nothing to do with you. But I bought it to you, bought it because I was thinking of you. Well, mine is like I'm thinking of you, so I'm gonna call you, or I'm gonna text you, and send you. You know, so it's it's love language is all about how we interpret and perceive love. So someone who is um, receives or perceives loves through gift giving mm-hmm. will perceive me as like, you know, you're not buying me anything. Um, you must not. You must not me. love me. Yeah, and and if you know, same with me is like physical touch if you're not touching me and i want you to touch me um yeah. then i you know our our ego our meaning making machine starts to overcompensate and overcorrect and it and that's where the 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 you know catastrophes start to happen is because our brains are really primal and we mm-hmm. make we overcorrect the ego overcorrects and makes things mean things that they're not so right. we have this illusion when we're going into um, human love, which is the lowest level of love, um, which is tied to all the physical, all the material, and um, we're the victim. So um, mm-hmm. we have the victim mentality. So it's like if you don't do this, you must. It must mean X, right? And right. Um, our primal brain, because of the survival techniques that we needed when we were, you know, thousands and millions of years ago, mm-hmm. um, we don't need those now. So, but but it hasn't evolved, so to speak. Our, our, our thinking hasn't evolved. And so we get into this whole, you know, I'm right, you're wrong mm-hmm. uh, mentality that just doesn't serve us. So Right. Yeah, and I was thinking in terms of, of putting those love languages to use that might be effective for each partner in the relationship to take the test to find out 
what he or she is and then talk about it with the other partner and then say like your your way that you receive love is through gifts but your partner doesn't naturally feel inclined to give gifts maybe that's an a window of opportunity for your partner to open up to how can I give gifts but in a way that still feels authentic to me and then the the partner who receives love in the form of gifts can say um, I understand my partner doesn't really show love through gifts how can I be a little bit more compassionate and understanding and open to receiving the love knowing that so just having more knowledge can oh, yeah. be such a great tool for communicating it's kind of an icebreaker I would say mm-hmm. And also just uh, having more compassion and understanding for your partner. Yeah, I mean, what you said is like awareness is, is, is a big thing. But I think what ends up happening, love is really all about, like I said in the first uh, part one, is that we learn how to fear. We don't know, learn how to love. Mm-hmm. But through love, especially through human love, we it's, it's really the, the sole purpose is to learn how to love and get to love. But it's through the hardships um, and through the pain of mm-hmm. the illusion of having our heart broken. And I don't really like if you really kind of go back and look at some of the puppy love or some of the first loves that you had and that you considered were heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really about just reframing. If you go back and say, OK, um, you know, I was broken because we're all broken. We're suffering in some some, you know, Capacity. level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was broken. I entered into, and, and like attracts like. So the energy that you're you're generating, you're attracting the same energy. And what we talked about in the first part one is that we are not looking for love. We're looking for someone that makes us feel familiar with with the love that we we um, envisioned as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go into that full of fear, full of insecurities, and that's a fork. To as we look at it and say, okay, we got our, our heart broken, but we didn't get our heart broken. We the ego more than more than likely was bruised, and the ego, as we said, over corrects. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a sting. It doesn't like the sting, and it does everything in its power to avoid the sting, which mm-hmm. goes back to survival, right? But but it's it it creates separation. It doesn't create the connection. It doesn't create uh, the vulnerability, and so. Um, I talked about the first time I'm hogging the mic here. Oh, that's okay. I hugged <laughs> it the first part, so um, you should. Yeah, so our fear love script, right? And so I have an example of, of how we overcompensate. So my fear love script was, I'm going to get you before you get me, right? Mm-hmm. And that all came about when I was in the music industry around opportunistic female, so to speak, right? Um, and uh, I saw examples of things happening to other people mm-hmm. through stories, but also had an experience where, you know, I met a girl and we were kicking it and we were having fun and my level of fun was a little different from her level of fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, she started to get attached. And I remember like, um, I flew her down for the Super Bowl cause I was friends with the Cowboys. We went to the Super Bowl, and I was, I think I was going to London afterwards mm-hmm. and she had booked her flight or she changed her flight um, at the end of the day, but the Super Bowl was running long. And so I was like, you know, but anyway, so anyway, long story short, I rushed her to the to the airport and I think I was flying off the next day to go to London and I was gonna be there for a while and I had to go to New York and I was gonna be 
you know, though I think the way that I left it kind of was like, okay, you know, we had fun. It was cool. And that didn't sit well with her. And so she pretended like she was pregnant. Um, and that stung me. And I was like, whoa, you know? And so my, my ego or my, you know, meaning making machine at the time was like, yeah, because it was obviously it was a, it was a lie. We had a mutual friend and her mutual friend confessed that she's just trying to get your attention stay attached. and stay attached. And I thought that was really kind of, a, you know, yeah. a bad. And so my meaning making machine overcompensated and said, all women are evil. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going like to get manipulative yeah, or but not telling the truth. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but our, our innate, um, you know, one of our, like I said, the non-negotiable, number one non-negotiable need is love. And so I was like, I'm not going to stop seeing women. Right. Right. So you go, you see women, but you have this, false belief instead of um what the reality was was like eric you just had a bad judgment and character mm -hmm. that's all it was bad judgment right. and character right clean the slate go into a new relationship without carrying that baggage yes. but what we do is we you know the the our primal brain makes it like black or white you know what i mean good or evil right or wrong and so you know the the bottom lines i made women wrong I quitted that, that experience, I made, you know, made it mm -hmm. equal that women are wrong. Yes. Right? And that's, yes. that's what we do. And if you look down and you break down any, anyone's fear, love script, mm -hmm. there is, it's an illusion. Right. It really is an illusion. Right. And I like how you talked about Eric going back to the root of the issue, because I think with, with, creating some type of a blanket belief or a firm system that you you categorize or stereotype all women or all men or all people like this and you just live in that it can solidify and become more and more of your reality so you're just repeating patterns but we always have the the choice and the opportunity to trace back why is this happening and I think that's how like you said we clear the slate is mm -hmm. by tracing the root of the why why you're having that belief and first i think you have to recognize and become aware of the belief and then you want to question like both of we are both questioners want to question well why and then when you open up to the answer it will be revealed and then you can subsequently take the action to heal that and become whole again and i think in general if you're ever questioning a relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship or or whatever you want to title that, you can ask yourselves, why is this person in my life? Oftentimes, the person's in your life because you have some karma to resolve. Other times, uh, you're learning uh, certain lessons. Maybe they're not so karmically rooted, but they're lessons, they're ways to develop your character, their preparation for the next relationship. And I think, um, at least in my uh, sphere, I, I see a lot of karmic relationships and people learning lessons, even myself, like coming together to resolve something. And then conscious partnerships, which we touched on in episode one or part one of this love episode is those those relationships where both people are have done so much healing and work and have gotten to a state of 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 course we can't be perfectly whole all the time we're constantly dynamic and in flux but are it's like two holes coming together and when you come together with this person 
it's just your love is amplified, your power is amplified, mm -hmm. the everything is just um, uh, buzzing and you're still learning and you're still creating, but it feels more like collaboration and, and supportive mm -hmm. rather than feelings of missing or lack or tumultuous emotions and um, other types of feelings that aren't so present when when the two individuals have done so much work mm -hmm. and are conscious and they match up and that's how love is generated and yes. created yeah yeah the karmic part that you talk about is um it's it is it's it's um i mean i guess um that's the aha moment is that it it's really the fork in the road um because in human love we are loving via fear Mm -hmm. uh, and those things cannot coexist. Love doesn't exist in fear, and fear doesn't exist in love. So the whole purpose of that is really to move us into um, spiritual love, um, where we're conscious and we're more aware of things, and um, the spiritual love doesn't change. So um, I'm going to read. Um, actually, let's put up that that. Uh, the picture again or the sculpture for those who are listening and aren't watching. Um, it is the Alexander Milov sculpture from the um, Burning Man in 2015. So you can Google that and look at that. Um, but we have, um, I think even you said that we can either be the rock or the stream. Um, and I, I view that as the same thing as like the, the aha, aha moment is all of our setbacks or our opportunities to fall forward. So in my case, with my marriage, I fell in and out of human love, but I discovered spiritual love out of that. My lesson was um, it moved me, you know, the pain within the loss that I felt through the separation um, actually moved me into finding spiritual love and inner peace. And that's really what all of our connections are all about. Um, it's our ability, um, it says, to fall in love. You're giving your partner the power to change you, um, but not change in the ego sense. It's really the change in the growth and the soul expansion sense. Um, so I call love really the tipping point. Um, but you can either take the learn the lessons from the pain that the ego is feeling. I don't necessarily think it's mm -hmm. us that's feeling the pain. It's just that the lower self and the sting of what the ego makes and, and feels uh, because there's so much emotion tied to our beliefs, even when they're false beliefs, mm -hmm. there's emotions that bind that belief. Um, and then once we're able to see through that, exactly what you mm -hmm. said is question, question why am I feeling this way? Question why am I, what's my, what's the lesson? On any type of heartbreak, you know, the first thing I always say, or, or any type of what they say, setback, mm -hmm. um, whether it be relationships, whether it be certain things that you think were expectations that you had, mm -hmm. um, ask what's, what's the lesson that is meant to be received yeah. from this? Because they're all, all of our setbacks, like I said, are, are opportunities to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I'm going to end off on some takeaways, but I want you to to your yeah. takeaways first. So. Yeah, I would say, Eric, the um, the one thing I love to remember is that everything has value. So I don't oftentimes, I used to use when I was younger, the phrase, everything happens for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. But 
I replace that with everything has value because whether it's a positive emotion, a negative emotion, arduous, challenging, or uplifting and exciting, it has value and it's adding to you in some way or maybe subtracting things that you needed to release in order to become more whole and just more of yourself, which I'm excited in episode eight, we're going to be talking about what self really means. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say the the biggest thing wrapping back to part one of this series is that if you know yourself very well and you allow and you take care of yourself to have that inquiry time to process what's going on and then pose questions that can be helpful and useful in relationships, you can bring that as well to your partner. And imagine if both partners are doing that, you can have an open stream of communication. And it's okay sometimes not to know the answers. Like you might have an emotion and you don't know why you're feeling that. Um, But rather than harbor that emotion and feel like you can't express it to your partner, you can say like, hey, I'm feeling this way and I haven't yet discovered why or processed it, but I just wanted to let you know that, you know, this makes me feel this way. So try to explain and communicate how you're feeling in whatever stage you're at. Like you don't have to have an answer or resolution like, oh, I was acting this way because of X or Y. It's more like I'm feeling this way right now. I'm not sure why, but like, you know, let's talk. So I think number one takeaway on my end is to have an open stream of communication. And in order to do that, you need to know thyself. Yes. Good takeaways. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, my takeaways are um, it's really about fear and love. And so once you become aware that there is a choice, um, you have to look at the ego and just know that it does not serve. It's only there to, it has an inability to process information that is receiving. So all the information, I, I actually, um, before I get to takeaway, I'll talk about brain games. I love the show called Brain Games um, because when you watch it, it always tests your, your knowledge of what you perceive and it's always wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, because our brain just has an inability to process everything um, at once. So what it does is it takes a snapshot of what it feels is the most important things and it feeds back to your brain and says, tells you to react, but your brain is primal. So if you notice, your brain will always look at the worst case scenario because it's tied to the ego. And it's so, it's, you know, so the fork is, the brain is, doesn't serve, the ego doesn't serve. You have to really touch into the heart, which is the soul, which is where love resides. Um, so um, I say that I have this burial ritual, like you're writing a book, I'm writing a book, and in my book, there is this love burial ritual that I that I give people, and I tell them, like, these are the things that you need to write down, and you need to burn them, because it's, it's sabotaging your, your connections. Um, so three of them are the need to be right, that's rooted in fear, um, it doesn't serve, like you just talked about, when you have true companionship or true connections, it's the ability to express and inform the other partner without feeling judged and being judged. And so each partner can communicate effectively without feeling any type of judgment mm-hmm. that's going to uh, come based upon or criticism, you know, because right. typically when you're when you are tied to the ego, if I say something to you, 
you are going to interpret it and you may interpret it as criticism mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, stop the need to be right. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is the belief that you had your heart broken. Chances are, and like I said before, is that you were with someone who did not know how to love, knew how to fear, just like you didn't know how to love and you knew how to fear and you both were working on your, you know, clearing your insecurities and your past traumas. And that's all it is. It's, those were lessons. Mm -hmm. So learn from the lessons. Don't make mm -hmm. it mean that your heart was broken um, and close your heart off because then you're closing yourself off to love. And the last one is um, belief that you need to change someone. That's like a big one. So everyone's always like, you know, they go in, it's like, oh, this person's not this way, it's not that way, but they're like this, I can get them to change, right? Right. Never works. And the, the hidden secret behind that is we mirror that which we need to heal. So if you feel the need to, to change someone, aha, it's you that needs to change. And once yeah. you have that and release that, that's where you experience growth. And the last takeaway is that every successful couple, whether they are karmic match in human love or in spiritual love, every single successful couple has what I call a ritual. It's they have one commonality. They don't have to share like uh, hobbies or anything like that, but they have one commonality that they stick to. And what ends up happening is it's a communication breaks down, especially in human love, where you have the need to be right. I have the need to be right. But that ritual, the commonality, kind of resets the relationship. So it could be like, you know, we go mountain biking every Saturday or we do whatever it is, right? Yes, it's like the root. Yes, the brings root. you together. And it allows, it. what it does is it prevents um, the resentment and pre prevents those emotions really kind of bubbling over where they get to contentment, where there's kind of the slippery slope where there's no mm -hmm. getting returning, you know, there's no return. So when you have that ritual, um, it kind of resets and it prevents those, you know, other harsh emotions from setting in. Yes. So, so if you don't have a ritual with your, um, in your relationship right now, you need to create it. <laughs> yes. And I think that stems from your values, right? Mm -hmm. If you, your core values yeah. and how you can shift them, but oftentimes those materialize more into the roots. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back for episode eight next week. Yes. We have a, that's a, our season finale. And um, obviously you and you and I always like to talk, uh, tackle the big topics. So yes. this one's a big topic. So make sure you tune in next week for our season finale, season one, episode eight. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into The Cowfish Show. Check back for future episodes on raising consciousness, creating happiness, fulfillment, and love. And remember to find us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at The Cowfish Show.